DMVR Broncos live coming to you from random remote locations throughout the country. I think well, we need to do a roll call where we chiming in from today. Not only us three, but people in the comment section. Let us know where you're coming from today. That's a good. That's a good take right there. Mm. Um, also, Henry, you, I you know like... why? You know why oh, you go said ahead. it's a good take, Ryan? Is uh, you started doing this many years ago, like right before a Broncos game. You'd put out on Twitter like roll call. So of course you're gonna say your idea is a good idea. I think that's the only time you ever say good idea to me is wow. when I just steal one of your bits. Wow. Well, I try to say a nice thing about you and you just turn it into a bad thing about me somehow. Yeah, I just you know, I just tell the truth. That's that's what we are over here, right? Crazy. Also, uh it feels like Henry, like because your head is lower than ours, feels like you're like really slouching. Oh, I am. <laughs> I don't know if this oh, looks any better, though. <laughs> yeah, Damn, that looks I weird. Actually, now it looks like I you're, know. like, menacing us. Yeah, I, I feel don't... like Henry's just really looking down on us this entire podcast. Is is that Was that intentional, Henry? You're like, I'm just, I'm going to position the camera so that these fellas just think I'm looking down on them the whole time. No, he's time. looking up at us. I don't think I'm looking no, I think up. he's looking down. <laughs> so I'm sitting on a bed. And so the computer's also on a bed. And so the roll call oh, wow. from there the weren't bed. many options. Yeah, so I'm so in you bed. Didn't... You didn't take the time and care like I did. I like found a box to set my computer on, so it was a little higher. I mean, I I feel like just stacking things on a bed it bounces, you know. Just asking yeah, for should, it to fall off. Should have oh, wow. a better place than on a bed. Wow. I don't have a better and place. I have you the guys bathroom. are on a bed. You're on top of boxes. I'm just, you know, in my nice little studio on top of uh, you know a desk with a background. Look at me, right? Just you're just on top of the up. desk. Um, that's a good call. My computer <laughs> is on top of the desk. Fair mm. enough. Well, uh, Henry, where are you? I'm in Keystone. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, when did you When did you go to Keystone? Saturday. Okay. How was the traffic? uh oh it was horrible it was yeah. almost making it not worth it but yeah here yeah. we are yeah i uh i came up to steamboat yesterday and originally our plan was like oh we'll we'll rally early you know 8 a.m wake up uh on the road by nine you know get up here enjoy a full day in steamboat uh and then the dead and company show happened no. um <laughs> and saturday night uh went <laughs> well into sunday morning and took that 9 a.m departure off the table so it was uh, more like a 1 30 p.m departure Ooh. and a four hour drive up to steamboat oh wow. yeah but, well, wait isn't isn't it about a four hour drive it's like two and a half if you oh, if you man, uh do tough. it right that's mm-hmm. tough so you just arrived right now yeah one of the worst feelings is when there's really bad traffic and Zach, you go up to the mountains quite a bit, so you know, like, when you pass Idaho Springs on a normal day, that's like, it feels like it's like the first thing that happens. Like, it's just, boom, oh, there's Idaho Springs. 90 minutes in, we weren't to Idaho Springs yet, and it was just like, this is is torture. Where is is the worst? Uh, I'm going to have a computer. I've got a map, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't need to be a question for everybody. We left at, like, 3 on Saturday. And somebody who I'm not going to throw under the bus uh, said, why is there so much traffic? 
And I was like, <laughs> you're kidding, right? It's like for the July weekend. Henry, is that is that the best thing about Montana? There's probably never any traffic. Traffic is pretty rough up there now because everybody moved up there. So especially in the summer, like you get just the massive tourist season, so it gets annoying. Like wow, like how, what are we talking about here? Like you waited <laughs> a light for two cycles. No, I mean it, it depends you see on other where. cars. Like if you're just like in random eastern Montana where nobody would ever go, then yeah, I mean there's probably not even a light there. But if you're up because I'm right next to like Glacier Park where all the tourists go, like there's I mean a 20 minute drive today is probably an hour or something, 40 minutes. Oh, wow, yeah, no, that's it's legit. Crazy. That it's, sounds yeah. terrible. No, we've got actually. I think they've changed the laws, but at one point we had like more helicopter tour companies than we had some other company that seems sort of <laughs> things change. I'm not. I'm not totally up on my Montana facts at the moment. Okay, yeah, that was a nice half baked Montana fact. <laughs> <laughs> Something about helicopters. Yeah, a lot of helicopter tours. I think those are getting banned or something, and I don't know why. Hmm. Interesting. Probably bad for yeah. the environment. Yeah, but I mean, what is big it? take right there? Yep. That's the other thing. We went to a lake here yesterday, and I was like, "Huh, it's green. Like it's just green." And people weren't like allowed to get inside the water either. Also, there's, also there's just like a sheriff that was on a boat out there. Just a weird place. Wait, so the water was green, or like yeah. the trees were green? Water. I mean, trees too, oh. but that's less notable interesting right yeah. that's why i thought you were saying like it's green up here and i was like what did you think the mountains were but the <laughs> water being green is a little interesting it's yeah like, oh, that's kind of strange it's probably algae could be algae sounds very scientific of you ryan <laughs> thanks i'm pretty dialed in on my science facts <laughs> also i'm pretty sure somebody in the chat said they were from mount laurel new jersey which is weird because i didn't think they have mountains there but i could be wrong. oh they they have hills there. They have hills on the East Coast. Oh, okay. it, it, huh. Like they're, they're skiing on the East Coast on, on some nice hills and stuff. But um, just like uh, Minnesotans, you know, they say that they ski, but they ski some nice hills up there and stuff. If, if you want mountains, wow. you, you come to Colorado. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I have to I will admit the first time I went to the East Coast, I was surprised that there was like, you know, trees and stuff. <laughs> Not yeah. only are there trees, <laughs> there is I mean, it's it's the prettiest highway drive you can ever have going on the East Coast or I mean, I guess what I'm saying is Colorado highways are really, really the worst highways ever because it's just concrete and stuff like the 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 view of a highway. I never thought like I would think a highway is pretty, but then you go to the East Coast. You ever driven on a highway called Interstate 70? Um, I, yeah, but like, yeah, okay. There, there's, there's nice views <laughs> around, but like just a traditional highway in Denver, I should say, I should say Denver. It's just, you're just like in this concrete jungle and then you go to the East coast and that concrete jungle, you're like in Narnia or something. I mean, you're just in like the middle of a jungle with everything is just green around you. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so pretty. I feel like you're thinking specifically of Washington DC when you say this. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of DC. You're right. <laughs> the weird thing, though, is everywhere you go, you have to get on a highway. That's true. I mean, you would know that better than I would, but yeah, highways everywhere. That's why they're pretty. <clears throat> All right, let's get on the the highway to our topic today. <laughs> um, 
which is comeback player of the year. And this is a really interesting kind of discussion this year for multiple reasons. One, the Broncos have two, I would say, strong candidates. Um, and I think that's just like an interesting thing to look back on last year and how so many things went wrong. And you're like, well, yeah, if you have two comeback player of the year candidates on your team this year, it tells you a little bit about what happened last year. Um, it, and I guess before I move on, is there more than two or is it just two? No. And Patrick? I mean, yeah, it could be. You, If, if you look at the bet 365 odds, though, then Javante is at plus 5,000 tied with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Whoa. Yeah, that I don't. I mean, Tim Patrick would have to have a better case than those two guys, right? I mean, yes. if Tim just if Tim has 800 yards, I mean, what would Jerry have to do to go from for Tim to go from zero yards last year and an injury to 800? What would Jerry have to do to go from 950 last year? Would he have to go to 1600? No, there's no he. There's literally nothing that he's coming back from. But same with well, okay. Then what's Russell Wilson coming back from? Being terrible. And Jerry Judy is, I mean, you're you're right. I mean, Jerry Judy's yeah. be coming back from being good. I would like, literally, yeah. I would literally bet everything to my name that Jerry Judy would never even be mentioned as a name in the comeback player of the year race this year. That's why it is pretty crazy that he is on bet three, six, five odds yeah, to, yeah. to potentially win this. And didn't TJ Watt get injured last year? Maybe it wasn't season ending, but didn't he get injured to some extent last year? I think there were some injuries. Yeah. And he, he's, he has a TJ Watt. And the reason I bring okay. him up is he's a massive national name. He's a guy that can definitely explode for 17, 20 sacks or something. And he has the same odds as Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. And that kind of blows my mind. I bet three, six, five in the country is giving a little more credit to Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton that, than I would have ever thought. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Tim Patrick though, is that like nobody's winning comeback player of the year with an 800 yard season, you know, and, unless like you were a multi-time pro bowler and your leg almost fell off. And then it's like, wow, look at the effort just to even show up like Tim Patrick if he put up like 1500 yards or 1400 yards and there's even the debate of like, what are you coming back? If you were never there before, you know, it's more of like a breakout season. If you're, but, you know, the same thing with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, but that's yeah. probably why they're way down there too. There are like breakout seasons that are comeback player of the year, such as Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. It's true. So it's like, it, it's, it's an, in, actually, I think I, I love, comeback player of the year maybe more than any other award because it's 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 just a vibes award it's just 100 <laughs> percent based on vibes like merit really has nothing to do with this it's just like who does it who does it feel like this should go to and then well, it just goes to them and mm-hmm. and on top of that let's just look at the odds of where they are and the vibes for this year specifically are like really feel good vibes and the odds reflect that it's bigger than just football with the top three guys, Damar Hamlin. We've mentioned him before minus 700. That is insane. Typically odds for preseason awards. Like my guess is Patrick Mahomes is the favorite to be the MVP this year. And he's probably plus 500, meaning you bet a hundred dollars to win $500. 
DeMar Hamlin is minus 700, meaning you have to bet $700 to win $100. Those are insane odds. And of course, the feel-good story. It wasn't just a feel-good story in the NFL. It was the story for weeks on end in national news and even probably across the globe. I mean, DeMar Hamlin almost died. Everyone knows the story about DeMar Hamlin. So he's winning the game of life. He's literally coming back from almost death to now he's like a full participant in the off season. It, it really seems like he's going to be able to play week one. So that is going to be hard to beat. The odds say that, but then the, the, the guys tied for second, are John Mechie, the receiver with the Texans, and Foster Morneau. Both of those Moreau. guys just beat Moreau. Both of those guys just beat Cancer and are coming back. So, like, those three guys, that's going to be. And, and those guys are plus 1,600 at number two. Just shows you how much of a favorite DeMar Hamlin is. But just those three right there in terms of the odds, you're going to have to do something incredible in terms of stats this year to, to beat those guys. Yeah, funny enough, I actually and think – Russell Wilson would oh. be more likely to win MVP. Like he would have, to, I, I'm just saying like he would have yeah. to have a season so good that he's in the MVP conversation to unseat any of these guys for the most improved or for the, uh, for the comeback player of the year. award. The thing is they haven't given the award to guys like that very often. Like Eric Berry got, got it after he got cancer and maybe things are changing and it is like a weird time having, three guys with like the life altering type stuff at the same time, even, even DeMar Hammond, like he played 80% of the snaps for the bills last year. As of now, our lads has him listed as the third strong safety on that depth chart. And I don't know how much to read into that, but he's, he's at least got to be on the field to be winning the award. And if he's like a potential cut candidate, I mean, he at least, I mean, at the very least he has to be on a team to, to win the award. So, yes, uh, I think you just drew the line. Um, first of all, there is a 0% chance the Bills cut him. Um, <laughs> Probably. Like, even if they feel like he's the worst player on the 53-man roster, they're still keeping him. Um, and that being said, I think the only thing he has to do to be eligible for the award is just stay on the team. Would you vote for him? No. Yeah, see, and that's the thing, and I wouldn't either. And at the end of the day, the voters need to say, like, okay, he's the one who deserves it. But, 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 but don't don't forget last year, DeMar Hamlin had a vote for comeback player of the year when he did not. I don't I think he might have still been in the hospital by the time the season ended. Um, Like he he did not come back at all last year in terms of the football field, let alone like the team facility or anything like that. So um, people want to give him this. And so I kind of, Henry, I totally see where you're coming from, but I just think from a human standpoint, when it comes time to vote, people are going to say, yeah, I mean, he, he, even if he played special teams, but was on the team, then, I mean, I think he's just going to win it then. Really? Ah, and, yeah. and also we, also we have, think- the NFL has a vested interest in him winning it. Yeah. Really? Yes. Um, I almost think they'd want that story to just die. No. Plus, they don't get to vote anyway. Wow. Uh, no, they, well. I mean, they can tell people what they want them to do, but just, just like captains, no cap, captains are captains are chosen by the players, right? And there's never <laughs> any uh, behind-the-scenes work. <laughs> but, but the NFL doesn't count the votes. 
Um, doesn't give out the award. You, you never. I mean, I guess I think the the war like people the voters who they voted for does come out for this stuff. Oh, does um, it? So that's how we found out that was it Susie Colbert or, or I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think it might have been Susie Colbert uh, who voted for Demar Hamlin. So they can't completely cook it from behind the scenes, but they can they can you know send their minions out to encourage the voters <laughs> one way or another. And so, so Henry, you're right that typically it's not every year that you're given the comeback player of the year award to someone who's coming back from like an incredible life story, not just football story, but there have been instances recently. You mentioned Eric Berry in 2015, but then just three years ago, Alex Smith won it in 2020 because remember, I mean, that brutal injury, he almost lost his leg like on the field. He almost lost it during rehab. He had so many surgeries that he had to go through in that season. Alex Smith started six games. He had six touchdowns and eight interceptions. That's not, I mean, in terms of football, you should probably shouldn't be on the field playing. Now he wasn't the starters of Washington and he, he wasn't their first option, but the fact that he, played really showed that all he had to do was play a little bit and he was going to get that award and so I just think that one of these three guys especially DeMar Hamlin it would just be really really hard to unseat but there are situations and Ryan kind of mentioned it that if Russell Wilson's up for the NFL MVP discussion that that could do it and let's dive into some numbers to kind of see what Russ would have to do to see what Javante Williams would have to do in order to compete with these guys or on a normal year get into these but first yeah here you gotta take you, you gotta put me on the screen because you know what this puppy is right Right here oh a little pna oh little pins and aces ding 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 ryan pins and aces hooked us up with i mean they're, they're gonna hook you up with the coolest golf gear out there also summer gear i don't really have like uh flag shirts or anything for the fourth of july so you just go to the hawaiian shirt and pins and aces just has the coolest designs also as comfortable as can be they've got it all and if you want 10 percent off over at pins and aces use that code dnvr to get 15 percent off actually and free shipping go to pins and for all the best golf gear whether you're wearing it whether your clubs are wearing it they've got it all at pins and aces so check them out pins and code dnvr for 15 percent off and free shipping and uh, make sure you sign up for Volo Sports. Uh, right now, you can sign up for their monthly membership program, which will give you unlimited access to sports events and social activities every single night. It's unlimited pickups, drop-ins, and tournaments, and all it costs is $20 per month um, if you get a minimum three-month membership. Or you could just pay $200 for the year up front and save yourself a little bit of money. There's also a beta version for $10 a month. Uh, for three months. So look through all those options when you go over to volosports.com and uh, check out all the different things that that would let you do because they have leagues all over the city from Lodo to Uptown to Northfield to Arvada to Inglewood. I have no idea where Northfield is still. Um, but if you use the code DMVR10, you get $10 off at www.volosports.com slash Denver. Uh, really quick, Zach. You said uh, you talked about when if your clubs wear pens and aces. What's that called? Uh, you know what? That's why I kept it vague. It's it's called the club head, though. Mm, no, no, no. <laughs> it's called the head cover. There it is. Yes. <laughs> ding ding ding. 
Because didn't you lie to me one time? I said it. I thought I said it right, and you just went along with it. Now I'm just, I'm just too, I'm too scared to go anywhere close to it because my my wires are all mixed up. Yeah, that was the point of that. <laughs> um, I'm afraid of having children because I, I'll just, it'll be too tempting to just teach them things backwards. You're gonna do that all the time, and they're gonna walk into second grade feeling so confident about something, and then their teacher is gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" Then instead of having parent-teacher conferences where they tell you like what your kid needs to improve on, the teachers are just going to scold you, Ryan. It's just yep. gonna be a, a, a parent-teacher conference for you. They're like, "Why does Ryan Jr. think one plus one equals three? <laughs> You're just like, why do you why do you want dumb kids? And I'm like, I don't know. I just thought it was a funny bit. It is. Wow. Wow. That's gonna be expensive. You have to like support them their whole life because they stay stupid. I like I said, I, I just I I need to mature a little bit more so that oh. won't seem so funny to me. Henry, they'll be good at they'll be good at golf. That so they'll just play golf and uh then they'll be set. That's what not Ryan's if he tells them on. that the goal of the game is to hit it as many times as you can well that's a good point <laughs> it's like every sport you want your score to be the highest of course <laughs> see there we go oh my god all right zach you said we're gonna dive into some numbers what numbers do we yeah have and let's into? let's let's look at these numbers for and gotta give a, a big shout out to our producer you here for coming up with these numbers and this graphic so if you're watching on youtube you can see these numbers if you're listening on the podcast side i'll read them but what you here did was he looked at the past two comeback players of the year no surprise, both quarterbacks, Joe Burrow two years ago, who came off, I believe, a torn ACL, Geno Smith, who just came off being a bad and a backup to actually being significantly better than Russell Wilson. And the years that they had before they won comeback player of the year, they averaged seven games played, 2,000 passing yards, nine touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, and two rushing touchdowns. Then the year after that, when they won comeback player of the year, so Joe Burrow two years ago, Geno Smith last year, they both played 16 games on average. They averaged almost 4,500 passing yards, 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 242 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns. Those numbers are just incredible, especially when you are averaging two players, especially when one of those players is Geno Smith, I mean, 32 touchdowns, 34 total touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and almost 4,500 yards. Yeah, it's uh, the only thing is they didn't have any clones that they were going up against to win player of the year. But, um, <laughs> oh wow, conspiracy. <laughs> oh, Ryan Jr. is going to think that uh, DeMar is just a clone. <laughs> Tamar Hamlin 2.0. Um, <laughs> that's a normal season for us. Outside it, of last except year. Except for the yards. Yeah, except for the yards, which are a little on the high side for him. But um, He also like runs three, the ball. Yeah. But like a 3-1 to one touchdown to interception with around 4,000 yards would get him right in this conversation. It's just the competition is way different than what those guys had to face. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, outside of like Demar Hamlin, the the quarterbacks he has to compete with aren't all that good. I mean, like 
some of the they, they have Lamar Jackson, Tua Tagovailoa, those guys up there. Like Lamar pay, played twelve games, Tua played thirteen. I get that there's like whatever he got hit in the head a bunch of times. At the same time, though, like if if Russ and Tua put up the same numbers, I think the award goes to Russ pretty easily, just because Tua. It, it's more of an argument about whether he's actually coming back from something. So my question is, what what's a, what was a bigger storyline? last year was it russ just absolutely getting hammered week in and week out not really on the football field but more so just by people making fun of him and that national storyline or was it tua and the not just the concussions but like the bigger story about concussions that surrounded tua it's tough because at the beginning of the year, it was obviously Russell because two of that stuff hadn't started yet. Right. But that's when all the Russell stuff was big. It was late in the year when Tua started getting hit in the head, when everybody's talking about the playoff race and like are the Dolphins Super Bowl contenders of the offense for real. Like halfway through the season, the the conversations just all shift to real things that actually matter about football because it's almost that time for the playoffs and all that. I think that's why things kind of shifted more toward Tua. People still made fun of Russell, but at that point, nobody had anything new to say about Russell by the time Tua started going. So it kind of just like shifted from Russell to Tua. I guess what's what's more of a feel-good story? Is it Russ overcoming, just being beaten down left and right uh, to, to coming back and being a good player? Or... Is it Tua staying healthy, putting together? I mean, he had a great season last year when he was healthy, but putting that together for 15 to 17 games this year and leading his team to the playoffs, because at the end of the day, comeback player of the year, you do have to do something on the field, whether it's just literally show up uh, or actually put together good stats. But at the end of the day, it really kind of is who is the best feel good story. Unfortunately, while it would definitely feel really good for us, uh, for Russell Wilson to get back to who we thought he could be. No one, like, outside of Denver, no one is cheering for that. Um, in fact, I think everyone is cheering for the opposite. They want, they like having a punching bag. They want Russ to continue sucking so they can continue making fun of him, dunking on the Broncos for making that trade, dunking on Russ, all of that stuff. Like, n- like no one, Russ doesn't have very many fans outside of Denver. He doesn't even have fans in Denver. He got booed at the Nuggets game. Um, I should say, doesn't have very many fans in Denver. So, like, the whole world is hoping that they can continue to play this game. And honestly, they would almost resent it if Russ comes back and, you know, makes noise this year. But I think that just adds to the comeback aspect of it. Because everybody is pulling against him. Like, I, I think that that's what makes it even more of a comeback. There's again with Tua, it's like I don't, I don't want to like minimize the effects of concussions, but you, you played 13 games last year. Like we're talking about a couple of games he missed. It doesn't. Uh, I don't know how much worse he played because of the concussion issues. It just doesn't feel like that's too much of a comeback. It's just like, hey, he was able to stay healthy this year. Yeah, and I I totally see what both of you are saying, but unfortunately. <laughs> What Ryan said about outside of Denver, I don't know if people want to see Russ actually come back. Man, I haven't thought about that, and that might just be the brutal, honest truth with this. Another quarterback that I think we just need to keep our eye on, and probably the only other quarterback, is Trey Lance. If he does 
play Kyle Shanahan has had success with literally a person called Mr. Irrelevant and Trey Lance is the third overall pick. He could put up crazy numbers, but other than that, Henry, I think you're right about the quarterbacks just really lacking. I mean, you're talking about Justin Fields. He's, I think he's can be a great quarterback in terms of numbers he puts up, but I don't understand what he's coming back from. He's not even coming back from like a bad year last year. He was electric and people knew that. So that doesn't make sense to me. But then the other guys, Baker, he's not winning this award. Um, other Matthew Stafford, that team is so trash. He's not winning this award. Jimmy Garoppolo. No, he's always hurt. People just write him off. He's going to be hurt anyways this year. So um, I do think you're right. That it's pretty weak quarterback class. I don't really think, unless Tua or Trey Lance goes off, uh, I don't think that that he's going to be competing with a 32 touchdown, 11 interception, 4,500 yard performance from another quarterback. Definitely, I think. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be really hard for us to win this. Russ is going to have to force his way into this conversation with incredible play, and like I said, at that point, it's like. Does he have to play so well that he's qualifying for bigger awards? And if he qualifies for bigger awards, I think something that's going to be key is being runner-up in the MVP conversation. Because if he wins MVP, then they're going to say, well, he got his MVP. Let's let's give comeback player of the year to someone else. Because what when did Peyton Manning win comeback player of the year? In 2012, when he was the runner-up to Adrian Peterson for NFL MVP, which was BS, by the way. He absolutely should have been the MVP that season. Um, and But he won Comeback Player of the Year. It's kind of like, a okay, you, you didn't win MVP. You came in second, so now we're going to give you Comeback Player of the Year for the incredible season you had. So I think Russ can't win MVP and Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah, definitely yeah, that's not. possible. Uh, oh, really? I, you think so? I think it's possible, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's all I know is what I would do if I was a voter. And I would just look at them all and say who if 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 I thought he was the best player then sure, vote for him for MVP. If I if if that's the case, I'm probably voting for him for comeback player unless there is some other case for DeMar Hamlin. And and maybe maybe other voters say I'm just not willing to put the same guy twice on my ballot. But at the same time like those are rankings too. So, I mean, when you're, I think the ballot works, you, you vote top five for MVP, you vote top three for comeback player of the year. If you vote Russ second for MVP, does that mean it's like, ah, he's not a comeback player? Or if you vote him first, is he not like, I think because it's ranking instead of just picking one, you might not split the vote so much that way. That's a good point. But I think when you when you take a step back, you're just making too much sense, Henry, um, because one of the things that never makes sense to me is how does the MVP specifically it, it, if, if the MVP is an offensive player? How does that person not win offensive player of the year as well? And if the MVP is a defensive player, how does that person not win defensive player of the year? You rarely ever see the crossover happen. And it's just because I think voters are like, um, well, you know, let's just spread the awards. That's so stupid. If you're the most valuable player on the offensive side of the ball, you're also the best offensive player on the offensive side of the ball. They just spread it out. So I think you make a ton of sense it, it it always pisses me off when i see those things happen because it's like that no you guys are just being ridiculous with these awards let's give the award to who who deserves it most and that's kind of like the mvp conversation that we've had too much here in denver over these past 
I guess this past year with Jokic is no, it shouldn't matter. Other things shouldn't come into play when you're talking about MVP last year's uh, NBA championship shouldn't come into play here. It doesn't matter that Jokic before this year didn't have a title. He was the best player in the damn league. That's what the award is about, but you always get other factors that come in. And so I just think that's something that, that would happen here and it doesn't make sense. So I totally agree with you, Henry. I just think that people don't view it that way. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the offense player of the year, they just need to rename it because at this point, MVP is just best quarterback that season. Offensive player of the year is just best offensive non quarterback that season. <laughs> yeah. Now, if we're going to do that every year, I don't know why they don't just change the name. But I guess if it is what it is, like, what's the name? Does the same best non quarterback of the year on yeah. offense? Yeah, and it's dumb to have that award, but we have it already, so why not? <laughs> right. Might as well just make it clear name. what it is. <laughs> yeah. It they could do what like the NBA's done and they could just call it like the Adrian Peterson Award and like then in the fine print it says like given yearly to the best non quarterback of the year or whatever. Let's not name any awards after after Adrian Peterson. I was just <laughs> trying to think of a player who was really good that wasn't a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, oh well that's that's fair. Uh, the Javante Williams Player of the Year award. No. Yeah, no, you're not. You're not buying that. <laughs> maybe, maybe they could name Comeback Player of the Year after him if he's able to win it this year because he would have to have an incredible season. Let's dive into those numbers. What Javante would have to do after I tell you about our friends over at Shady Rays because you guys are at a higher elevation right now, which means polarization of your sunglasses is even more important because the real reason i think why people should wear sunglasses is to protect their eyes and then like the real reason that most people wear sunglasses is because it's just a lot more comfortable to not have sun just blaring in your eyes but polarization is actually what saves your eyes and protects you against the sun so if you're wearing sunglasses that aren't polarized you're just doing it for looks and to feel a little better. You're not actually protecting your eyes. And that's the great thing about Shady Rays is all of their sunglasses are polarized and you don't have to pay like triple the price to go from non-polarized to polarized like a lot of companies make you do. Nope, they're just going to give you polarized sunglasses at 50% off by using the code DNVR over at ShadyRays.com. That's going to get you 50% off two or more pairs of sunglasses. So if you want a couple of pairs for yourself, 50% off. You want a pair for someone else and yourself, 50% off. That's the best way to get a gift, really, is buy one, get one free, essentially. Uh, so check them out over at ShadyRays.com for the best sunglasses. I do appreciate the polarization, but um, the only reason I ever wear sunglasses is to look cooler. Yeah, of course. Of course. I, I, I know that about you, Ryan. <laughs> I, uh, the sun just doesn't bother me that much. It, Damn. it does. Once you might not feel it, but it does. All through high school and obviously middle school and elementary school, never wore sunglasses. But once I got my first pair and wore them for like a year, there was just no going back. It's like I have to have these for my eyes. <laughs> also, Fourth uh, of July is tomorrow, so head over to uh, uh, I guess anywhere. They have Breckenridge beers just about everywhere in Denver. Um, and around Colorado. Um, if you want to know exactly where, you can go to breckbrew.com, use their beer finder, and put in your zip code. It'll tell you what to pick up. I'm not really sure what the most 4th of July beer is, though. Strawberry Sky. Still yeah, Strawberry, Strawberry Sky? Sky? Or Mountain Beach Sour. I mean, 
a nice mm. light sour on the Fourth of July. That's pretty good. Uh, the sourness is like a little too. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It's just <laughs> not American. It, it, it's like a little foreign. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although strawberry sky is a Kolsch ale, and just based on that word Kolsch. Yeah, doesn't sound very American. Yeah, I don't think that is American. (laughs) Probably just a straight Breck lager. Yeah, that's very Uh, true. Or just, I mean, isn't Breckenridge Brewery itself pretty damn American? Mm -hmm. It is. It's very American. Uh, So definitely use that beer locator at Breckenridge Brew or Breckbrew.com to pick up whatever Breckenridge beer you want to try. Make sure you drink a lot of those tomorrow because I know all of us will be. Speaking yes. of American, oh my goodness, did people love and hate our draft on Friday? And Henry, got to give you credit. You had some people coming out of the woodworks to protect you, man. Yes. No, I told you we needed a poll. I was like, yeah, here, put the poll up in the chat to see if people agree with me. And he said, no, we don't have time. And I said, all we need is five minutes. And he just said he didn't put it up. And five minutes later, we ended the show. And I said, we had plenty of time to do that. I don't know why we didn't do it. So, yeah, it's, it's a shame that I don't have any numbers to back me up, but I think we all saw what the people said. Um, no, don't worry, Henry. We have we have numbers here. Um, you got 11% of the vote. Those yeah, are because I the, couldn't get my picks. Those, those are just the raw numbers right there, man. Mm-hmm. And I got to give myself credit for putting together the best draft and winning this one. 48% wow. of the vote went to me. 41% to Ryan. Ryan, it was a it was a tough, tough race. I pulled ahead early. You came back and I pulled pulled ahead uh at the end there. And Henry, you just I mean, you just continue to not put up fights. Oh yeah, and I won't. Yeah, so I'm not good at those. Um <laughs> uh, someone actually messaged me today that another podcast was doing like punishments for getting last place in the draft. Uh, and I was just like, Yeah, we couldn't really do that because it would be Henry every week. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> We'd have to do and it like, as just well. Like we where said... it's... <laughs> We'd have to do something Boy, where it was like uh, if if you, you you get a punishment if you lose, but then you get an extra punishment if you don't even receive like 15% of the vote or something. I would have received all of the vote had <laughs> you guys allowed my picks to go through as you should have. I was glad to see, you know, some people coming to Hank's defense. Um, all the people because, too. You know, a lot of people are going after him hard, but I'm just glad that, you know, he, he has he has his support group to lean on, um, <laughs> you know, in times in tough times. Also, two things. One, um, I deserve a little bit of credit because I said you were going to win at the end of the draft. Um, it's true. So it's true. Oh, we'll, boy. we'll pat myself on the back there. Good job. by me. <laughs> I know uh, I know who's going to win. The other thing is um, I blame the Supreme Court for um making my number one pick seem less cool recently uh damn Uh, that's very true i was going through all the rankings after because there's like the i don't even know what to call them social scientists probably who like find math ways to say who's the most free we're like 25 20 like some will say like oh you're 22 some will be like ah 27 it's like yeah that's i feel like we should be more free than that I was so happy that Zach put in the copy of the tweet. Like, all it has to do is feel American. Uh, and then it's still that, – that still fell on deaf eyes, I guess I should say, uh, for many yeah. people who are commenting on it. Like, oh, we're the only place feel- with fried food? Nope. 
No, we <laughs> all know that this is not the only place with fried food or freedom. Right. The whole idea is just doesn't or feel music. American. <laughs> yeah, I still American can't. American music Henry... sure doesn't feel American, does it? <laughs> That's not a genre. Yeah, American no, music, no. which man, I that just was love our two to one system. It, it's great. Because some people are making good cases, but at the end of the day, you know, two to one. Oh, I mean, Ryan terrible. brought up the justice system earlier. That That's our justice system here is two to one. I know, but then, like, it's actually not. It's, it has to be unanimous. If but, I was going to screw over <laughs> anyone in the draft purposefully, it, it would be Zach. He's the competition. Well, but, just so you guys know, like, I let you guys get away with everything. I don't think I've objected to a pick maybe ever. That's, that's changing your now. fault. That's oh, yeah. well, you, no, it should apparently be. we're doing that strategically you, 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 and not just trying to do the right thing. <laughs> that, no, my whole point was I'm always just trying to, you know, when I'm drafting, I'm trying to be the best drafter I can be. When I'm when you guys are drafting, I'm trying to be the best jury member I can be. Apparently. Yeah. apparently. I agree. I completely, I completely I can't believe agree. American music is too broad, but you went with yes. freedom. <laughs> I stand by I stand freedom. by my votes on both sides. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I think both, I mean I think to be that's all fair game. To be fair, I think I showed you guys, and and just to show that it wasn't, I wasn't just going against Henry. I showed you guys my draft board. Freedom was my number one pick too. Freedom and then football. That would that would have been my one, my two. So just because I, I picked it and it was a good pick, I, I can't just say that that he's wrong because I was going to pick that one. And had I known that you guys were going to say the music is too broad, then I would have said, well, you don't get to take every single one of the freedoms because that's just <laughs> ridiculously broad. It's not. It's just freedom as a concept. Yeah, I'm taking American music as a concept. <laughs> it's like iconic. It's iconic. There's a reason not, people listen. Well, it's, it's uh, I also why wouldn't you just take rock and roll? Because I, right cause I don't like you. rock and roll. <laughs> I like the concept right of America. Hey, why didn't you, you take why didn't you take freedom of speech? <laughs> why didn't you take freedom of religion? Why didn't you get freedom um, to buy a gun? You just take why all the freedoms. Take, why didn't you take American oxygen? Because I don't <laughs> care about that. I don't even think it's that good comparatively. That sounds like that sounds like a show. Probably on American oxygen. oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we we could debate these things. <laughs> all week long but we'll have to wait until this friday for the next draft how much can we debate javante williams winning comeback player of the year because since 2000 ryan we were talking about this i believe before you heard so this is a trivia question for you since 2000 regardless of what site you look at in terms of it's like the ap's winning it um, the, the AP award winner or a pro football writers. Guess how many running backs have won NFL comeback player of the year since 2000. We're talking almost two and a half decades. I'm going to say three. One, a single one, only one running back has won it since 2000. Was it Adrian Peterson? It was not. Peyton Manning was the comeback player of the year that oh, season. Oh, all right, because they gave AP the NFL MVP. Yeah, they so, got that one backwards. They got it. They got it so wrong. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna let the voters live that one down. Um, but so it's happened once, according to Pro Football Writers, and once according to the AP. We go by AP rules because that's who actually like gets the award. Pro Football Writers gave it to 
former Bronco Willis McGahee, not when he was with the Broncos, but when he was with the Bills. But the one that we're really going to focus on is the guy who actually won it with the the real award was, uh, who was it? It was Garrison Hurst in 2000. And I'll read the numbers of what he did the year before he won it. He played six. Whoa, this is weird. Um, oh, okay. So he, he, he uh, missed an entire season because he had an ankle injury, a really bad ankle injury. So he missed an two, entire like 2000 two full seasons. Yeah. yeah. He missed, he missed two full seasons, which is crazy. And the year before he, he got hurt, he had 1500 yards, seven touchdowns, 500 receiving yards. So he had over 2000 yards and almost 10 total touchdowns, missed two seasons. He came back and in 2000, the year he won, he had 1200 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns, 350 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. I mean, that is incredible to have that season after missing two seasons. That is pretty darn deserved from him. Well, and then the crazy thing is, so that's almost 1550 yards last year, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley were the, the other finalists with Geno Smith. They both had at least 1,650 yards from scrimmage, and obviously Geno won. And I think McCaffrey was, like, close to 2,000 from scrimmage. Like, it just – people don't care about running backs anymore. It's just – it is what it is. If there's a top-10 quarterback who gets an opportunity, is coming back from something, that's enough to beat out an insane year from a running back. And, I mean, on top of that, Henry – the guy, the quarterback who won it, his name was Geno Smith. I mean, he. It, it's not like we're talking about like a Peyton Manning or like that sort of name going against maybe the most popular running back in the NFL today and Christian McCaffrey. Like Christian maybe had the name. Yeah. This, what? Maybe the two most popular. Yeah, exactly. The two most popular names, people, but everyone knows who they are. It's easy to rally around compared to, Geno Smith, like maybe, maybe still the most disrespected quarterback in the NFL, the starting quarterback in the NFL right now. Like, um, so even with the name recognition, he's th- those running backs still weren't able to get it done. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's it's kind of tough for running backs to do anything these days that gets re- recognition. Like, what did Derrick Henry finish in MVP the year that he had two thousand yards? Third. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he really had a shot at winning yeah. it. He's not a quarterback. That's a quarterback award now. Yeah. <laughs> it's very it's true. Like, kind of everything. It's just a quarterback league now. Yep. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it absolutely is. Who did? Was that Aaron Rodgers who won it that year? Um, it was. And so, you know who got uh, – actually, Aaron Rodgers – or I'm sorry, Derrick Henry didn't even finish in the top three – in MVP voting uh, the year Aaron Rodgers won it the first time 2020. Can you guys guess who finished one, two and three in MVP voting the year Derrick Henry had 2000 rushing yards. Wait, what was the question? Who in two in, in 2020 when Aaron Rodgers finished first and won MVP. Can you guess who got second and third in MVP voting the year Derrick Henry had 2000 rushing yards and led his team to the playoffs? Like it wasn't just an Adrian Peterson. Like I'm just going to run for 2000 yards and do nothing for my team. No, no, no. Made the playoffs. I'm going to guess uh, Mahomes and Brady. Close. Josh Allen finished two and Patrick Mahomes finished three. So can you guess who won AP Offensive Player of the Year? Derrick Henry. 
Derrick Henry, exactly the non-quarterback MVP award. Henry, beautiful guessing right there. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It Awards in general are just dumb. Like, it, it doesn't, I don't know. It's about winning football games. But the thing that sucks about awards being dumb is they do matter. And that's what sucks about Pro Bowls now, like just you know, seventh alternates are getting in and stuff is those things do matter when you're talking about a player 10 years ago or 10 years from now. And in the moment we remember like, man, that was such BS that that person got jaded and wasn't given that award that season. Um, And uh, you remember it then, but 10 years after you don't really remember like, ah, man, well, he had 10 Pro Bowls. He really should have actually had 14. So that that's honestly the worst thing about the Pro Bowl in my mind. The game's an absolute joke. Now it's literally a joke. Um, but I just wish that for players' legacies that things like that were still taken seriously and awards like this were still taken seriously. Yeah, I was trying to find the story for the running back who I – uh, believe most deserves comeback player of the year all time. Um, I think it predates the award, um, but I couldn't find the exact details of the story. So I'll just tell it as I recall it in my head. Uh, Byron Wizard White, Colorado legend, the great one, drafted 1938 or sometime around then, um, goes to the NFL, leads the league in rushing, leaves the NFL serves in the war, comes back to the NFL, leads the league in rushing again. That's comeback player of the year. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is pretty darn cool. Um, I'm not surprised, though, that you went to a CU legend. Yep, number four overall pick in uh, in that 38 legendary draft. Was, stacked draft. Was he the, did he win the Heisman as well? No, I don't think they even had the Heisman then. Oh, yeah, they, I mean, they certainly wouldn't have the trophy. But yeah. with the you know the the famous uh, stiff arm uh, or move yeah, it was um, also valedictorian at CU. Yeah, he, he, you made the you make the argument that he's the greatest CU athlete ever. I mean, or football player. I remember we've so, had this conversation yeah, it, before. It's so hard to like um, like you know compare resumes across that long of time but i would say he has the best resume of maybe any athlete ever if you just include everything so ryan how good would he be if he was playing on cu's football team right now <laughs> i, I don't have think, no idea i don't think yeah, dion would uh be offering him a scholarship uh, probably wow. not at all no not even at all jo- even joel clatt when he interviewed coach prime said uh like, yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer for me because I think if you were coaching when I was here, I wouldn't be playing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the greatest quarterback? No, he's not the greatest CU quarterback. No, no Number not, two? No. No. Um, but he's, he's good. Wow, just disrespecting Joel like that. Okay, <laughs> interesting. Uh, best CU quarterback to get drafted in the MLB draft? Joel Klatt. Who is yeah. the best CU quarterback? Cordell. Yeah. Uh, Number second two? would probably be Coy Detmer. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll let that conversation happen at 1130 yeah. today. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, Javante, there's a reason why we haven't talked about him much. It just seems so freaking hard. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, Wait. six. 
Yes. Second would definitely be Darian Hagan. Mm. <laughs> he was just... kind of a running back, but that's fine. Anyways, go on. <laughs> um, so uh, speaking of running backs, Javante, I mean, 1,650 yards. That didn't do it for Christian McCaffrey. Javante, I mean, 2,000 yards is kind of like uh, that. That might be a little hyperbolic, but like 1,800 yards on the ground is probably what he needs to do to be in the conversation. And that probably still isn't beating those top three guys. I mean, 2000 yards and then Javante's in the MVP conversation. And then it kind of just is exactly, I think the same parallel to Russell Wilson being in the MVP conversation. If he's in that conversation, then he's probably winning uh, the offensive player of the year award, because that will go to the best non quarterback, which will probably be Javante. And then he's probably also in that conversation for comeback player of the year. So, I mean, when we talk about Russell Wilson uh, potentially winning this award, that's so much more realistic. Even though Russ is coming off the worst season of his career, Russ going for 4,500 yards, 40 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. We've seen him go for 40 touchdowns in his career before. We've seen him throw right around only 10 interceptions in his career before. We haven't seen him go for 4,500 yards, but I don't think it's that crazy to say that he could do that. That's just so much more likely then Javante Williams first year back from not just a torn ACL, but his entire knee pretty much exploding. It, it's so much more likely that Russ does that than Javante to go for 2000 yards. Yeah. And I do. Th- I mean, if he gets 1500, 1500 scrimmage yards, I think that might be where the conversation kind of starts. Um, Cause 1650 was enough to be a finalist last year. And I don't think you're getting, I don't know. It's tough because you have the, Demar in there who's almost guaranteed to be a finalist probably and so one of those spots is already gone but the outside of him the field is just not that strong this year like you don't have Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley and you know the year before you have Joe Burrow and there's just been so many big names this year it doesn't feel like there's nearly as many I definitely go Russ yeah by a mile I do too. I, I, I'm I'm right there with you, Henry. Um, I I don't think it's close. You also have other running backs in here. Um, Jonathan Taylor is that just coming back from being bad, being disappointing? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I mean, talk about just a a bigger name nationally. Um, True. <laughs> this is Calvin Ridley is in here. Talk about like the opposite of a feel good story. Like I don't. What Calvin Ridley did wasn't like he didn't commit like a massive crime or anything um so it's not like people hate him but like i mean the dude broke a rule of betting and was suspended a year the punishment was definitely way too intense for what he did but like he's not that's not a feel good award like you did something you shouldn't have done and now you came back and played good football whichever lawrence is your quarterback mm-hmm. we're going to give you this award so it's pretty funny that he's on there though but um michael vick won but don't you remember that? Um, no Cal- way. Yeah, Vic won. He oh. so he he came back and was a backup for a season, and then the next year he won it. But remember, Calvin Ridley would when he got popped for betting, he was away from the team just for like personal reasons. Remember that? Yeah. So that yeah. kind of gets played into it. Yeah. Yeah, and and he wasn't betting on his own team, like you said, like he wasn't even with his team, but he wasn't even betting on the Falcons then. Um, yeah, that that's true. You're right. That that that's a good point. 
I so, forgot about that honestly until you started talking about it, and then it kind yeah, of yeah. No, that's a good head. point. Okay, so it is kind of brought. So it's given to a player who shows perseverance and overcoming adversity from not being able to play the previous season, such as an injury, or for playing well in comparison to the previous year's poor performance. Wait, so oh, it isn't who, just for injuries. Okay, okay, okay. That's the definition yeah. of the award. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I just it, it's pretty wild that the Broncos have five guys on here and the odds just seem so incredibly stacked against any of them winning. And Russell Wilson has the eighth best odds, according to bet three, six, five. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really is. And you guys talked about how tomorrow is the 4th of July. Some bad things can happen on the 4th of July. Oh, and wow. if you know someone yourself, a loved one, family member, friend, and something bad happens to them, call our friends over at Bax and Shanker. They are there to protect you. Two, 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 two. Whether it's fireworks, whether it's automobile, whether it's bicycle, any sort of accident where you need help, call our friends over at Bax and Shanker, where they are there to help you in the bad times. They've gone through similar things, unfortunately. So not only do they know how to win for you from a legal standpoint, they know what kind of the emotional pain that you're going through. So they are the people to call at two, two, two. 2222 give them a call where you don't pay for a consultation you don't pay when they work on the case for you you only pay when they win and they win big for you they've won over a billion dollars for colorado clients so contact them at coloradolaw.net or at 2222-2222 all right guys shall we get to some comments should we talk to some people let's do it yeah all right, we've got some comments on the website. First one coming in from our friend 805 Bronco says, RK, my guy, very rarely do I disagree with you on the pod, but you absolutely had the worst take in the history of podcasting. <laughs> if my life depended on you either dunking a basketball or hitting a hole-in-one <laughs> within 24 hours, I am 1,000% handing you a putter and a truckload of chewed-up top flights on a 150-yard par-3 instead of a basketball Water. and a pair of PF flyers on a 10-foot hoop. Golf is hard, I know. I played just shy of three decades, zero hole-in-ones, but it's a fact that you are more likely to get a lucky bounce than you are to magically gaining 20 inches on your vertical in one day. Dude, did you slam your head into a steering wheel while inhaling your chorizo burrito on your way to work? Anyways, happy fourth, fellas. Hope you all have a good one. You just didn't take into account that there's other people on the court. Anything could happen. But Not that, though. Didn't, didn't Hank look up the rules and you can't dunk a basketball off someone else? Well, you can. You just, They just can't help you. So you could um, you could potentially launch yourself off a defender. They just can't Wouldn't that be a you. foul? That sounds like a foul to me. If what you if it step doesn't on call someone, it? that does sound like a foul. That's a, I, if you <laughs> jump on a defender's back, I think they're calling it. What if they don't? <laughs> they will. Refs miss calls all the time. Not that one. That one seems pretty damn obvious. <laughs> I'm telling just you, they're blown away by it that they don't even blow the whistle. You can probably look this up, but there are videos of people who can't dunk dunking in games just because they got like boosted by someone who was jumping at the same time as them, and like all of a sudden they're just way up there. They tip dunk. I'm gonna need you to uh, find those videos, Ryan. I will. I will. <laughs> 
I uh, think I'm on the side of 805 Bronco, Ryan. <laughs> I, I trust your golf skills. Yes. I hate when people um, hold me accountable for things that I said when I was just being argumentative for no reason. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. <laughs> people are listening, that's Ryan. <laughs> got Zach. Got Zach. It's got Zach put in one word. Do we think that's just got Zach? Yeah. I that's who that's great, who this yep. one's coming in from. He says, what's up, guys? Longtime listener and first-time commenter. My question is, are we putting too much assumption into Marvin Mims being good as a rookie? Hasn't seemed like people are talking about any potential slow rookie start and saying 300 yards would be disappointing. He definitely can be the guy. I surely hope he will. But I don't see much caution, and I'm interested in your thoughts. Thanks, and keep up the great work. I think it's it, it's a really good point. Um, I certainly am taking Marvin Mims for granted as being good as a rookie. Um, it, I mean, I definitely am. I think he's going to be the number two receiver for the Broncos at the end of the season. And I'm putting my faith in Sean Payton because he's done it with rookies before. He knows the proper way to groom rookies as rookies. And I just think that Sean Payton's proved it before, so I'm giving the credit to Sean here. But you're absolutely right. I mean, just to say that a rookie's going to come out and be good is a slippery slope to to go down. Yeah. I mean, things have just changed so much. Like, I even remember, well, I guess it would have been about 2020 that things changed when it came to rookie receivers. Because before that, it was rookie receivers, you just can't count on them. Like, they're, they're not going to provide much of anything. And then Justin Jefferson goes out there and Jamar Chase the next year. And then all of a sudden you're getting thousand yard rookie receivers every year, which is kind of crazy. Um, I, I don't expect much from Marvin Mims this year. I think that between him and KJ, you're going to have like your, that that's kind of your field stretching duo and whoever plays plays. And they probably combine for 500 yards this year. That's where I'm at. Damn, I'd be disappointed in that. I have to say I'm not um, really counting on anything from Marvin Mims. Um, uh, So I I don't think I'm in danger of, like, getting my hopes up too high. Uh, I think that he has a chance to do some things, but I'm I'm not, like, banking on him, like, to make the offense tick. It's like, oh, if he turns out to be good enough to crack this rotation in, in a meaningful way, then that would be great news for the Broncos. Yeah, I'm ready to be absolutely destroyed because uh, I am expecting a lot from Marvin Mims. So things go wrong. Boy, am I just going to be shattered. So um, you're probably right, though, got Zach. The next comment coming in from the count, September 3rd, 1972. The dead plays Folsom Field and magically 1,004 finger lids of good Mexican weed mysteriously appears and falls from the sky to a rain-soaked crowd complete with matches and papers. Tickets were $4.50 to see one of the greatest live music shows of all time. A few weeks later, the Broncos beat the Oilers 30-17 to behind Floyd Little's 101 yards on the ground. And that same weekend, Pink Floyd played the University of Denver Arena, where weed was also smoked most likely. That is all. Most likely. Love the count. Damn. Wow. What a time. Is that is a history yeah, that, lesson. That was a great history lesson. I randomly just like got to reading about that 1972 show um, before we went to Folsom on Saturday. And like, I don't know how people like, it's funny because we talk about things like in sports this way, but I had never heard people talk about concerts or uh, acts this way. But like one of the comments under this picture from the show was like, wow, like all those people have no idea that how lucky they were at that time to be there. Like, 
that September of 1972 was the dead's best month playing ever. And I was like, huh? Like, I didn't know that people thought of things in that way when it comes to music. Only with them. They were playing 50 years ago. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's insane. That is why I I thought he like might be talking about like a different band because that's wild. Yeah. I mean, I know there there have there are some differences in the band. Um, oh, but yeah, but there Probably. was yeah there was one big show in Missoula. I don't know what was notable about it, but it was right around that same time. That's another one that I know people have. I've heard people talk about. Was it Maybe a good it was show? Just during that magical month from no the dead, idea. it could have been. I know it was. <laughs> they right were on a there. heater. <laughs> the thing is, they just played. They were shows smoking all the a time, heater. So. Um, the Count also comes in with the comment and says, have you eaten Saucy Southern yet, love? The Count. So we were on, uh, we had Cam Silman Craig from the Buffs on our show uh, on Friday. And I was like, have you found any restaurants that you love in Boulder yet? He's like, no, not in Boulder, but yes, in Denver. I come down to a place called Saucy Southern like three times a week. Um so it's right over by du and it is very much on my list i haven't really been in denver since that show so as soon as i get back i'm going to saucy southern this is so random i mean it's a new barbecue spot that just i mean it opened fairly recently because it's actually across from the place that i used to live and it was definitely not there when i (laughs) lived there um it is not a spot you'd expect for good barbecue to be but if you're if someone's driving all the way down from boulder multiple times a week it must be really good I know it's really interesting. Not that you guys care that much, but this new crop of like CU players don't act like college students, like at all. Mm. It's very it's because, odd. It's because they're not being paid like college students, is my guess. I, I I don't know. I just like they don't. They talk about how they don't go on campus and like they drive to Denver wow. to eat. Like it's very <laughs> odd. It's very different. Yeah, typically when back in my day, you kind of just stayed on campus and maybe yep. like walked two blocks away for a party or something. <laughs> there, yeah. there wasn't going much farther than that. My entire universe existed between Pearl Street and the Hill. Like that was, <laughs> yeah. it was the only places I ever went. That is that is crazy. Um, all right, final comment coming in from our friend Arvatalux. Says, fellas, Hank doesn't seem like hot tubs or pools or the ocean or allergy or, or allegedly getting wet. Don't feed him after midnight or he turns into <laughs> Kahan, the DNVR's foremost Chiefs fan. Oh, I'm going no. to get ahead of that one. Is it the Gremlins reference? If you haven't watched it yet, add it to the list. Speaking of movies, uh, yeah. being a father to an infant has you picking up all sorts of weird, socially unacceptable habits, like watching a movie split up over three separate evenings of, uh, that's that's very acceptable and that's, no. and, that's, and that's just head. gross what's the point zach, um, zach will uh, watch that movie in three sittings while he eats his chipotle burrito in three sittings <laughs> <laughs> when uh when i was on the uh the bike this morning i watched 20 minutes of mission impossible i have 10 minutes left i'll probably watch that later today maybe split that up into two segments to you know really juice the last couple of minutes out of this one um that's i just you know i just i love it uh he says the speaking only- of movies only acceptable thing which is always kind of enjoyable is watching a movie late at night falling asleep on like a friday night not finishing it and waking up saturday morning finishing it but like you could have that feeling 
multiple days in a row if you just split it up five times. It's not a good feeling, though. It's just kind of like, all right, got to get this done, like, first thing in the morning. Wow, but then you're not enjoying the movie. Finish Pitch Perfect 2. (laughs) Yeah, if I don't finish the movie that night, I'm probably just not going to finish it. Damn. I just look forward to movies. Maybe you're not watching enough Tom Cruise. (laughs) That could definitely be. I don't even know. I I did see part of one of the Mission Impossibles. You've only seen one? Oh my gosh, another one's coming out. I can't wait. Um, okay, he goes on and says, absolutely brilliant Top getting Gun. baby gear in the DNVR locker. Top Gun's one. Arvada's cutest little gal has already had two parades in her metro area and has a ton of street cred now with a couple nuggets DNVR onesies. I love to hear wow. it, Arvada Luke. Love it. Check out the DNVR locker for all your baby needs as well. He says, took me all of my 33 plus years to find a sports outlet with immaculate vibes and the lucky gal gets to be a diehard from day one. Cheers, Arvada Luke. That is too cool. That is. That is. That is great. Uh, cool. And yes, the baby gear is uh, is popping. Um, I think we have collectively between what Spencer bought for himself and what Allie and I bought for Spencer and Kylie. I think um, their soon-to-be baby will have every option that we have in the DNVR locker. You sell out the store. Yeah, we 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 uh we we had a sampling of of everything the, the whole menu. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so fun for them. Yep. Anything else? I think that's it, guys. All right. Wow. Well, everyone have a safe and happy fourth. Don't put yourself in a position where you have to call back and Shanker. No, no. Smart. Enjoy responsibly, isn't that what they say? Yes, exactly. Today's Henry... the day to be American, not smart. Okay, well, everyone pray wow. for Henry. Wow. <laughs> we'll we'll hopefully see you on Wednesday, Hank. Hopefully. We'll see. A programming right. note, we are off tomorrow. We'll be back with you guys in studio on Wednesday. See you guys.